0: You're listening to Episode 6, Tree Rings and Eulogies. Welcome to the Nature of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Lori Kaler. Here we will take 15 minutes to step back, delight in nature, and discover God. My goal is to give you hope in your daily walk and increase your awareness and enchantment in the beautiful world God created for us to take part in. If you sometimes feel disenchanted with life or disconnected from God, this is the place for you. If you pull over for sunsets and sometimes you feel like your church is outside, this is for you. Come with me and let's explore the animals, the quiet forests deep under the seas, and high on the mountaintops, all that God has made for us to delight in. It's time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. I'm a sucker for nature visitor centers, the type that have all sorts of displays and information or kiosks about the place you are visiting, like What sort of animals might we see? What sort of plants? Should I be wary of poison ivy or poison oak? Are there rattlesnakes? What have the rangers seen lately? I've discovered that at Yellowstone, they always have the inside scoop. One ranger told me the secret place to view black bears, so I always ask them and I never pass by one of those tree stumps or tree slices showing all the rings of a tree that's been felled. I am mesmerized by the rings showing the good years, which are illustrated by fat rings of abundant water and growth, and the lean years, which are demonstrated by disease, drought, or fire. The rings tell the story of the tree's life, Helpful notes are usually placed along some of the tree ring outlines. They say things like, Declaration of Independence was signed in this year, or you'll find a little slip of paper pointing to a ring that says, Gold Discovered in California at this point. You can see the growth of the tree through the centuries, the lean, skinny years where water was scant and perhaps disease stunted the growth, and the fat, healthy years of abundant water and nutrients. The official name for the study of dating wood and tree rings is called dendrochronology. New growth in trees occurs in a layer of cells near the bark. A tree's growth rate changes in a predictable pattern throughout the year in response to seasonal climate changes, resulting in visible growth rings. Each ring marks a complete cycle of seasons, or one year, in the tree's life. The rings are more visible in trees which have grown in temperate zones, meaning where the seasons differ more markedly. So, if you have a tree from, oh, let's say... California or the Pacific Northwest versus one maybe in Wisconsin, where you've got 40 below zero and then it's 80 degrees in the summer, that's a bigger difference in temperature. So tree rings are a little bit more visible and obvious there. Many trees in temperate zones produce one growth ring each year, with the newest one being adjacent to the outermost bark. Hence, for the entire period of a tree's life, a year-by-year record or ring pattern builds up that reflects the age of the tree and the climate conditions in which the tree grew. Adequate moisture and a long growing season result in a wide, fat ring, while a drought year may result in a very narrow one. Given a sample of wood, the variation of the tree ring growths provides not only a match by year, it can also match location because of the climate across a continent is not consistent. This makes it possible to determine the source of ships, as well as smaller artifacts made from wood, but which were transported long distances, such as panels for paintings and ship timbers. Art historians have been using the, shall I say the art, the science of measuring wood age to date paintings that were painted on wood panels, and they do this through measuring tree ring growth. A portrait of Mary, Queen of Scots in the National Portrait Gallery in London was believed to be an 18th century copy, but dendrochronology, dating the wood, revealed that the wood dated from the second half of the 16th century. It is now regarded as an original 16th century painting. Isn't that fascinating? These tree rings telling their story about history and revealing the tree's lifespan... Remind me of my sister's eulogy assignment. My sister wanted me to write her eulogy. This is odd because she isn't dying and she isn't even sick. It's for a class she is taking at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. I found the project compelling and somewhat sad and inspiring and fascinating. But mostly, I thought about all our interactions growing up beginning with how she had actually helped save my life when I was a toddler. While my mother was in the backyard raking leaves, I had waddled over to a burning pile of leaves in the front yard. And because I was a toddler, I was unsteady on my feet, and I fell forward into the burning pile. My sister heard my screams, or saw me, she doesn't remember which, and she yelled for help. I suffered third-degree burns on my hands, But I only have slight scars to show for it decades later. I did have to have plastic surgery to straighten out one of my fingers. I also thought about how long after everyone else had mastered their times tables in fourth grade, I was still struggling. My sister made a huge chart out of poster board with zero through nine along the top of the page and zero through nine down the sides, and all the answers in between, a giant graph. I could look at that chart, this times table, and suddenly it all made sense. I could see patterns. I don't think she knew I was a graphic or visual learner, but boy, that chart spoke my language, and I memorized those combinations soon after. After I graduated from college and was sort of looking around for employment, my sister encouraged me to come to California to try to find a job in advertising. Ick, I thought. I have no desire to go out there, but she knew me and had planned a can't resist itinerary of events. I went whitewater rafting down the American River just past Sutter's Mill, where they discovered gold in the eighteen forty nine gold rush. I went backpacking in Yosemite and a jazz concert outside at night in a vineyard where there were no mosquitoes. I was hooked, not only that but her contacts helped me land my first serious job in an ad agency so. I have a lot to be grateful for towards my sister, but I noticed that all my thoughts in this eulogy were about her in relation to me, how she had impacted my life. My sister pointed out to me that in her class, the professor had said that some people want to be remembered for their achievements, what companies they started or led, what breakthroughs or sales numbers they had achieved. I could have mentioned those. My sister is a veteran of Procter & Gamble's consumer products division, where she was the first to use trial-sized floppy disks in Silicon Valley. She taught the tech world how to employ consumer retail strategies. Her strategies were so innovative, she was mentioned in the Wall Street Journal. But I wanted people to understand her heart, that even though she could be brusque and impatient with people, underneath was this tender heart that she rarely revealed I had seen that heart broken and sobbing at times, so I knew that her outward, tough, businesswoman's exterior was not the full extent of who she was. It was a persona that she adopted to protect her heart and to get things done. Her eulogy made me think about my own, my own funeral. What sort of eulogies would people say for me? What do I want people to say about me? And what do I want my life to consist of? Do I want it to be all about bestseller lists and fame and fortune? Statistics show that this is not a goal worth chasing and does not lead to lasting happiness or peace. Would I want them to say glowing things about my character and friendship? Then how many times do I take the time to get together with them? Lately, it's been rarely. Anne Dillard said, How we spend our days is how we spend our lives meaning my weekly and daily schedule is building up a set of metaphorical rings on my soul. The skinny malnourished ones would be the days, weeks, months, and years that I focused mainly on me, my accomplishments, my career, my likes on social media, me in relation to everything else, and everyone else graded on a scale of comparison. Those rings or times are narrow, they're tight, and they're hard. The goal is, I think especially for Christians, is to have fat tree rings. Times of abundance, nourishment, and joy. These are not acquired by focusing on self-advancement, on social media likes, or at the PTA, or on our careers. Fat rings are made by investing in relationships, which is easy to point out, but much harder to do. Recently, I met with an old, dear friend I have known for over three decades. Sandy and I don't live that far apart, just an hour, but we hadn't seen each other face-to-face for years. We are both busy with kids, career, and life. She pressed me to schedule time for lunch, and we had the best time. We laughed, we cried, we encouraged each other. It was a true joyful fellowship in every sense of the word. It made me wonder, why has it taken me so long? Why on earth hadn't I made the effort earlier? We felt in each other's presence the joy of being known, the joy of being understood and accepted by each other. If I had been hit by a truck before our lunch meeting, and if Sandy had to write a eulogy, it might have said something like, Well, we used to have great times. She was a dear friend. Too bad we drifted apart. I didn't want that to happen. So fat rings, times of abundance, love, living life to the full, are made by appointment. Which sounds so unsexy, particularly to me. To quote Kathy Lip. Most of the time, I'm not a planner. I'm a pantser. I like living by the seat of my pants. I like serendipity. But I've discovered that I will let days, weeks, and months, or in this case, years, go by without seeing a dear friend and engaging in a fat ring moment. So I have to plan them. It feels awkward, forced, and decidedly unspontaneous to make these monthly appointments to meet with friends. And there will Always be good reasons not to go. There's always some opportunity, some new business idea, something, some reason not to make this appointment. But guess what? They are so fun when you experience them. You find camaraderie, joy, and strength for the journey ahead. Are you facing surly kids? Your friend probably has experienced that. Are you facing tough times with your spouse? Your friend has gone through that too, and. If she does not admit to any of this, you need to find new friends. Because real friendship, real connection happens through vulnerability. Fat tree rings can also be made by volunteering. My mother was well known for her heart of service for simple things. She always brought over a cake or a casserole to new neighbors, to mothers of new babies, or homes where someone was sick. She read books to blind kids. And when she learned that they didn't know how to swim... She put together a swim program for them and taught them. I could go on and on, but suffice it to say, my mother never built a company, but she sure knew how to build community. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The New Living Translation puts it this way, Teach us to realize the brevity of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. We will grow one way or another. The question is, will we grow fat, healthy tree rings of community and connection? Or skinny, lean rings of deprivation and desperation? I don't want my eulogy to be a tale of too many days pursuing the wrong things, humped over my laptop. I want my eulogy to be a tale of nice, fat tree rings, years of plenty. Plenty of laughter, plenty of connection, plenty of love. How about you? Soon I will be having a significant birthday. And what do I really want? Well, much to my husband's chagrin and consternation, I want people to send in their eulogies. I want to hear what they think. And if I don't like the tale of my tree rings, well then I can make some changes. Because in the end, I want tales told of fat tree rings, of a life well lived, of a woman who understood the brevity of life and who grew in wisdom. If you enjoyed this podcast where I talk about tree rings, you might like this free download I have. It's a cool poster that has a slice of a tree ring, so you can see the rings on a tree stump. And it has the writing around it in uh, calligraphy, Teach Us to Number Our Days, That We May Gain a Heart of Wisdom, with the psalm uh, reference there. And I think it's a cool reminder just to put in your room, uh, in the kitchen, to just remind yourself, hey, am I building fat years or lean years? And you can download that at laurikaylor.com forward slash tree rings. And if you know someone who enjoys learning about nature, take a screenshot of this and forward it to them. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.